0: you know, I I have so many regrets about this night. Um, but she knocked on my door. Um, I, I got up and and opened the door. Um, it's just right over there. And she was like, Aaron, I, I can't get in the house still. Can I please just stay with you? And, and I told her, I'm, I'm sorry, Andrea. No, you can't. And, and she cried and it's just, it's hard, you know, because, you never want to, spend. and, and I was used to always being the one, you know, to, to help her. She accepted that I said no, and that was really the first time I had told her no, so I wanted to make sure that she, you know, was okay as she left my house, so I went to the front of my house, I looked out my kitchen window, you know, I was hoping, I just wanted to check on her and see how, <laughs> if she was better, you know, if, if she was, you know, and stayed up, but it, the hardest thing is just thinking like, what if I would have done things differently? Um, But the last time I saw my sister, Mm -hmm. she was looking at her phone, walking away on the sidewalk. She was kind of like doing this, like scrolling through her phone as she walked away. Um, We were able to see that she, she made it back to my mom's house um, through Google dashboard. She had an Android phone and she used Gmail. So, from her laptop, it was also logged into her Gmail. There's kind of, kind of a, a difference in opinions, and I'm not even sure how this could happen, but our PI thinks that one thing happened according to her Google dashboard, and then the police think something different, or they just have not been able to find the same information. So what the police think happened is that Andrea was at our mother's house until about 6.30 in the morning and then her, her phone shut off and we don't know what happened after that. Well, I guess it would be Andrea or her phone, you know, we don't, I don't right. know if that means that she was active on her phone using it, or if it was just turned on in that location. I'm not
1: positive on that. Um, it would be um, in that location about geocaching. When you're searching uh, for around those areas, it can actually be a mile within, because it goes off the cell towers.
0: Okay. Um and then the private investigator, it shows that what he thinks, he told me that in his original, um, the first time he analyzed this, he thought the same thing that the police thought. But, you know, when you can't figure out something like this, what you do is you go back to the beginning over and over again, mm-hmm. and you make sure you don't miss anything. So that's what he was doing one night. And he said that the new timeline, I guess there was a drop down box that that was missed or something that shows more specific information. And what he said that he saw was 10 minutes after she arrived at my mom's house that she left again and that she went somewhere close by um, in the same neighborhood. And we haven't really made that information public, but it's somewhere within Audubon Park, the same neighborhood that that, uh, my mom lives in. And it shows that she was there for a few hours before her phone went off or her or her phone. Um, We have several different theories about that, about what could have happened. We have a friend that we talked to said um, that Andrea asked to get picked up from a gas station. And the direction that she went walking would have been in the same direction of that gas station. So we wonder, like, what if someone picked her up and... And threw a phone out right at that spot. And it was just a coincidence that it was at that address. She's a very social person. We, What if, you know, there were some people, it's a really big, big porch and it's, you know, a nice place. We were wondering if maybe some people were sitting out there hanging out and what if she just s- struck up a conversation or maybe it could even be somebody that she knew that we just didn't realize she knew them. Yeah, um, It was garbage day. So this was on a, it would have been a Monday night. So this, you know, was really like in the early hours of Tuesday morning by this Mm -hmm. point. Um, so people, it would be normal for someone to sit out their garbage can. So so they would be there early Tuesday morning for the garbage men to pick it up. Mm -hmm. So we speculated. It's also possible that someone took her phone and dropped it off and and just threw it in a garbage can, you know, or maybe the person, if someone picked her up, they could have just thrown it there. Not really sure exactly what, what happened. Or if that even is what happened, because the police are saying something different. So Mm -hmm. um, as far as the police goes, you know, of course, I want to be judgmental because my sister's not here right now. Um, But I do know that they also have struggles of their own. They're very short staffed. There's one person in the missing persons department for all of Louisville. And that's terrible. Before that. That's terrible. Yeah. Before that, there were only four people. So it's gotten really bad. And with, um, there's also a lack of support within the community because of just recent events that have happened. Obviously there's a lot of mistrust of the police and I'm not saying that that's wrong. The way I feel about it is police are human beings just like we are. And, yeah. you know, in any profession, there's going to be good, good ones and bad ones. So exactly. So I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt that they really want to do the right thing until they show me otherwise, you know, and these are detectives. They're not like patrol officers. So it's a d- completely different story. But we, we've we had just a, a really big struggle, just the lack of community support of the police. Mm-hmm. I feel like that hurts all missing people and uh, victims of crimes. Yeah. So that's been a really unfortunate thing for us through this Uh, but yeah we're just really doing everything we can we anytime um someone offers help i I take them up on it and and do what i can you know to, to get the word out the word out we we found andrea's well andrea's angels i'll first i'll tell you who we are andrea's angels is a concept that my dad came up with and that i executed this so we have a volunteer group called Andrea's Angels. It's, we talk to each other in a group chat and messenger on Facebook. If anybody sees this and wants to join, you can send me a message and can able on all platforms. Facebook is the main one that I use. Um, and just at, ask me if I can add you to Andrea's Angels and I can add you. We brainstorm ideas on how to raise awareness, how to find her, just pretty much anything like let's say you're a former police officer you might have some insight as to what we can do or if you're a graphic designer you might be good at designing posters things like that or you can just be a normal person like me that just wants to help people so basically that's what we do we all just kind of come together and um, we also share missing posters um because i get my account um every now and then my account gets like blocked from sharing things because i'll share things like 70 times in a row yeah you know, and then it'll market as spam when, you know, it's really not spam. I have them helping me share things so that it's, it's not just me doing it. So that it's really, they've done amazing things. Like I'm just, I'm really blown away about all the, the caring, you know, people that didn't even know Andrea that, that want to make a difference in this world. So there's been some good that have came out of it. They um, helped me find PIs for the missing. So this organization, they, they're dedicated to helping people like me find their loved ones. Um, a, a guy, his name is Lou, who he still helps us right now. He said that he would be helping me find Andrea if he was local, but he's actually in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. He found some some retired police officers that do PI work now. Mm-hmm. They they met with us. I typed out it was like five pages worth of notes of all the you know the most likely situations that we think. And I added notes about why we think that and how they're connected and things like that. And we sat down and had like a two hour meeting with them. And two days later they quit, both of them quit. So what? that was, yeah, that was my worst nightmare, you know, because I talked to Lou about it beforehand and I was like, I'm nervous about this because this is all very sensitive information that the public knows about it it could, you know, damage our chances of finding her. You know, you don't want the bad guys knowing every step you make, you know? So my worst fear was like, what if I tell these new people that I don't know all this information and then what if they choose not to do it? And then suddenly, you know, everybody knows all this stuff that, that we want only the police. And Lou assured me that, you know, it's against their code of ethics. Like they can't, they won't share stuff regardless, but he was just as shocked as we were that, that they quit, you know? I mean, these are people that are familiar with this area that that used to do this for a living. So we're still completely, we're confused about like why that even mm-hmm. happened. They basically told us that they felt like the police had it under control and that it was going to be solved soon. And we're thinking like that, that doesn't even make sense. At this point, I think it had already been two years at least um, or probably mm-hmm. over two years and she still wasn't found. And so I was devastated by that, as you can imagine. I mean, I was I was crying out. I can remember like the grief and this torment, it can just hit you at random times. So I can remember standing outside of tumbleweed, a restaurant, just crying in public. Like I, I, you know, like I just stepped outside to get as much privacy as I could. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking to him about it. I was like, I don't understand. You know, I had so much hope in it just all crumbled. And yeah, he told me that they, they truly felt like, the police had it under control and they felt like they were doing the right thing by not doing, by not, they thought they were interfering by helping. But he told me that he he would do whatever he can from where he, from Massachusetts. And he told me if six months pass and Andrea is still not found that the board, they agreed that they would find, they would let allow him to find a new PI for us. So I think, I believe it's been four months by now. That's still so crazy
1: that just two of them quit like that. Like,
0: yeah, yeah like they were very nice and, and very professional. Mm-hmm. And they almost sounded like angry with me when they, when I was like, why, why are you doing this? You know, they sounded really?
1: like
0: they just had this huge change of, of tone. And
1: that is bizarre that they just, after getting all that information, just quitting like that. I mean. I think that would make some people speculate if, like, the police had anything involved with this. I mean, is that something that you think too? Or there,
0: there is a, an Audubon Park police officer that's being investigated for misconduct. Um, and it was like aggression towards women. And we brought that's one of the things we had on our list that we brought up during this meeting. And one of the police said that they knew him. And they said, oh, it would be, like, reactionary. He said that someone gave him the middle finger and it was road rage and that he kind of retaliated and pulled them over when he was mm-hmm. off duty and and that he was kind of aggressive towards her. And he was like, oh, it's it's nothing like he was a serial killer or something. He was just kind of overly aggressive. And, and I'm thinking that doesn't make sense to me, like, because, you know, Andrea is a loud person who will speak her mind regardless mm-hmm. of who you are. You know, so what if she, what if this police officer saw her walking alone and and mm-hmm. wanted to do something he shouldn't be doing, and and she told him like, "Are you out of your mind?"
1: You know, like, I could easily see Andrea telling off someone yeah. and something bad happening. Mm-hmm. So it or, or even support. meeting up at that gas station. I mean, there could be a chance they were both there at the same time, and right,
0: yeah, because this gas station would have been like right on the edge of Audubon Park, and um. One of Andrea's angels is actually um, in this area that he used to be a police officer, but he said that they do patrol on the outskirts of Audubon Park. So it's, they're not only limited to Audubon Park. They, they also do surrounding areas. So mm-hmm. yeah, he could have been the police. I'm sure, you know, the police, they will like sit at, at mm-hmm. gas stations or, or yeah. you know, they get gas and all, you know, all the normal stuff. So it it is possible. We've went to the FBI over this and then also um, a human trafficking lead that we have on Andrea and it's um, I I cried when we they told us when we told them the story just because it's so hard you know reliving these terrible things and so far we feel like we get turned away every time no matter who we talk to they they have some kind of reason not to help us so I was extremely upset like I could it was hard for me to even get the words out you know luckily my dad was there just because it's hard being turned down, you know, I'm the kind of person, you know, I can be stubborn. I don't like asking for help. I want to be able to to fix it all myself. So it's a a really big struggle asking someone to help you, especially when you have like the worst feeling, like they're probably going to say no, like everyone else, you know, so that was very stressful for me. So we did that. Um, They agreed to meet with my dad because I think it was on a Saturday and, and they weren't they didn't have anything, right? Anyone available, and they ended up saying that there's not enough proof of either one for in order for them to help, and they handed it back over to mm-hmm. um, LMPD. So, again, my, you know, it seems like there's already a, a terrible, horrific tragedy happening, and it it just feels like it gets compounded in every way possible over and over again. And then the docu series that I was telling you about earlier yeah. that it's helped us a great deal with raising awareness. We've even gotten a, a lead that we wouldn't have gotten because of all the awareness that it has raised that we believe is, is credible, but it's hurt us because of us, because of all the misinformation, you know, that mm. was added. To it. And some of the, the things that those PIs were saying to us before they chose not to work Andrea's case, it sounded like they were getting it from that docu series. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So that's been re- a really. That's been a big struggle. Um, there's a lot of hate towards my family, and a lot of people blaming us because I didn't help Andrea that night, and then. But you already people... beat yourself up over that, like yeah, yeah. People don't realize that. Everything that they say, it's stuff that I've thought about millions of times. You know, they're just basically rubbing my nose in something that I already mm. feel terrible about. My Then they also direct a lot of hate at my little sister and her fiance with them being at, at the time they were at the last place that we think she was. And obviously, I don't know what happened, you know, but as far as what I know about my little sister is that she loved Andrea to death just like I do. So... Like that's absolutely ridiculous in my mind, but I, I can't say yeah. I know a hundred percent because I wasn't there. So that's been a really terrible thing for me having to live my life. And holidays are very stressful now because I don't know what happened. Only some people in, in my family and none of her friends are helping. So it's just really hard. It makes you feel very isolated when when you're dealing with things like this, it's just, it's something that a lot of people cannot relate to. And I think a lot of people feel like the problem is too big and that they feel like what they're like, there's nothing they can do about it. They feel like, I guess they doubt things like awareness. They think that it's not going to help. They think people are not going to come forward. And that's not true at all.
1: I've,
0: I've seen it help people already with the sharing posts i've seen where you know someone sees a a a missing post and they say oh my god the the girl the 16 year old girl who's missing is staying the night at my house and i didn't know that she was not she was supposed to be at home right now you know like i thought it was okay you know like i've seen where that happens and and they get happy endings if they get their children
1: you know Um, i did a story on um This boy who went missing when he was 17 and he was reunited with his family when he was 23. Wow. That's amazing. And all because of social media. So what happened essentially is he actually did run away. He was a runaway. He had been homeless. And then since then, he kind of been living from couch to couch on the streets and stuff like that. So he Ended up making a Facebook page, but under a false name. But his sister, like, never gave up. Like, she was ruthless. And she ended up, like, was reverse Google searching his image and found this. Facebook page that was her brother's photos and she's like okay that is him like because it has old photos too like that is my brother or they're using his photos and that is completely messed up you know so she like reached out to him and was like hey but she also didn't want to scare him away and be Mm -hmm. like um you're not coming home or afraid that it wasn't him but she ended up convincing him to come home and he came home and told his story said that he he got in a fight with his family he decided he was just gonna run away and start a new life and then but once he talked to his sister he he realized he did want to come home he's like I thought about coming home a lot but it just I messed up so bad that I didn't also want to admit that so that's amazing it makes
0: me really happy when I hear about people, you know, having a, a good outcome like that and getting their loved ones back, um, that's with Andrea's situation, we have no proof that something you know, that the worst happened. We have no proof of any type of foul play. Um, but the sad, the terrible thing is there's also no proof of life. So it's just, right. it's a terrible, we just don't know. And so your mind just thinks about every possibility constantly. Usually, like, I gravitate towards, like, the most recent lead, you know? Like, whatever is, like, a plausible lead, that's the one that's usually more on my mind. So, it it goes, it's like a roller coaster, really.
1: So, do you think that is a possibility that she just ran away? Well, the police um, have told me that, that that
0: goes against human nature, that it's really hard to not talk to every single person you've ever met in your life and andrea is very dedicated to her children like they her children think that she's something bad happened to her like that's the only thing that makes sense in their mind because of how close they were um they, they don't think that that that's what would happen and that's the way we feel is that if andrea if it was possible for andrea to be here she would be here you know I still have hope. That would be a miracle. I've actually had dreams. Luckily, all the dreams I have about Andrea are good ones. I've had dreams before. One of them, I was standing on my mom's front porch and I saw Andrea going door to door and she was wearing this dress and she had her hair curled and it looked like she was, she looked beautiful. You know, she looked like she had just left church or something, you know, And, and I saw her and I ran over there and I was like, what are you doing? Oh my God and I gave her a hug and I was like I'm so mad at you but I also love you I'm so glad you're back you know like it was like this crazy mixture of like happy feelings I was joking about like being mad I was like I'm mad but I love you thank you so much for coming
1: back you know? you're know, mad but I'm just so happy that you're here right now <laughs> yeah
0: you know, and I was like laughing and crying and she was too and I was like what happened and I was like it doesn't matter you know like it doesn't matter what happened but I do want to know like what happened and she said that she was she knew she was doing bad stuff and she was making bad decisions and she said I had just had to get away for a while and she went on like some kind of religious retreat or something it was in another country and she said she went away and and she got better and she was like now I'm I'm telling other people about it you know kind of like a religious type of mm-hmm. retreat thing and she said that she had to do that to get better for, for us and for her kids and the The terrible thing about when you have really happy dreams like this is I wake up and realize it didn't happen, and then I wake up and cry. I've had that happen so many times. It, it makes you want wish you could go back to sleep, you know uh, I've had other dreams where I'm driving down the street. And one thing I do, like if I'm going through an area where I know that I've hang, hung up a missing poster, it's a habit as I'm driving to glance over and make sure it's still there. If it's not, I have a bunch of them in my car where I get out and I'll staple up a new one. Um, And I have one of Andrea's angels actually gave me a stool where I can hang it up higher where people can't reach it. Uh, So I'll use that too. So I was just driving around looking at, you know, looking at the missing posters and looking at people that were walking. Those are both, you know, things I incorporate when I'm driving now just in case it's Andrea and I saw her walking and I just pulled over on a busy street and ran out and gave her a hug and, and like sometimes when you're in a dream and you get like a really extreme emotion, it wakes you up. Have you ever had that happen? So that's what happened. Like I instantly woke up and started crying. Like it's, it's terrible. And it's almost traumatic because you feel like you lose them all over again because they were there and then they're gone again. So it's just really hard. It's not something. This is the first time I've ever lost someone that was this close to me. You know, she was my right-hand person through everything. When we were kids, we had the same friends growing up, same neighborhood. A lot of the times it would be like, I'm friends with the younger family member and she would be friends with like the cousin, the the big (laughs) cousin, or I knew the little brother and she knew the big brother, you know, like it was just, we were connected in so many different ways. So it was just, I don't know. Like I have so many moments where different things happen in my life and I want to tell Andrea about it and it's crazy it's been three years now and and it still happens like one day this man like I I went to my mom's house to pick something up I can't remember you know we're a pretty close family so like sometimes I'll even just stop by over there so I was leaving because my mom wasn't there and some man was like oh hi I'm so-and-so and I'm like who's this guy and why is he introducing himself you know my mom's been single for a very long time um And Andrea, and and I would always joke about how she needs a boyfriend, you know? So I was like, who's this person? Who's this person? You know, why is he here? Why is he introducing himself? And I was like, maybe she has a boyfriend. And I was like, "Andrea's going to be so happy. I need to tell her about this, (laughs) you know? Andrea's going to be all over this. And I was like, oh my God, she's not here. You know, so like, I still have those moments where like, I think about her and I think like, like I need to talk to her. I need to go. And and there's nowhere that these feelings can go. So it's just, it's really hard. It ended up just being one of her coworkers. So (laughs) I was disappointed about that. I was like, darn it. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's terrible when you, when you have these strong desires to
1: talk to to your person and and they're gone. Um, I completely understand that. I actually had dreams A week before my dad died that he was going to die and so I mean I I was only nine but I like and I still have the journal and stuff and I blame myself for so many things because like in the dreams it was the day that I didn't have breakfast with him and then he goes to work and then he dies and that's exactly what happened and he died in a car crash and um so terrible I'm sorry to hear that it's okay but I understand like it's been 14 years and there's still times where I think man I wish you know he was here to even see my kids or man like that'd be because me and him were like I was his like little girl and my sister was more you know connected to my mom and always kind of has been Mm -hmm. so it I don't know. And, and I have the most memories of them because I'm the oldest, but I understand that. (laughs) I understand. I mean, there was a few times too, where I would see him walking. Like I thought it was him walking down the street and I just go up and randomly start hugging random people, you know? So, So, (sighs) um, with your flyers, do you have a QR code that you put on them and link it to website? We have, uh, the, the graphic
0: designer, she somehow knows how to do that. I know that we have one the the QR code takes you to a discussion group. Mm-hmm. I think she has a new one because what I started doing on social media is like, I just, I've basically joined every single group on Facebook in existence. Like anytime yeah. I see a group, I join it, you know, and I don't really, I share the missing poster periodically in it. I really don't care. I don't know. Some people see this as rude and they judge me for it, but like, I feel like I'm, it's like, you're in a panic, you know, it's like, I don't, I care more about finding my sister than I care about what random people think about me basically. right. I share it. And if they don't like it, they can remove it, you know? And if I do it again and they still don't like it, they can just take me out of the group. You know, that's their, that's their job. If they're the admin of the group, I let them decide that, you know, if they decide to have a heart and have sympathy, they can keep it. So that's the way I look at it. It's an emergency and I feel like in an emergency that people should you know have some grace and have some empathy right. um, and allow and allow exceptions every now and then. So with that being said, um, there's a lot of gossip groups out there about my sister because people I'm sure you've probably noticed that that there's people out there that use this as entertainment and it's okay to if you're there because you want to learn about it you're wanting to protect it, your family, or maybe hear about other people going through similar things that you are, or maybe you just want to help people and, and know about what they're going through. But if you're here to just treat it like it's a game of guess who and, and judge and criticize everyone, that's not okay. You know, like there's a no. right and a wrong way to do this. And there's a lot of people out there that I've noticed a lot of them have a lot of problems of their own that they're kind of escaping and they're kind of using using our tragedy for as fun and and just saying terrible things. Not all the groups are like that though. There's some of them were that they have allowed me to raise awareness and they ended up making me an admin of it. So I have different groups that started out as like a gossip group
1: that now I use them to raise awareness, um, to be like, (laughs) Hey, this is the record straight. Um, what are some of those things that were in that documentary that, you want to set the record straight for? Um, there was this big
0: scene where Joe Fancioli um, was analyzing possibly fake money that came from my sister's storage unit. And he was claiming that she was probably working for the cartel or going undercover looking for a missing person in the cartel. And she was involved in making uh, fake currency. Well, The money that he was analyzing under, like, a telescope and everything, you know, looking at it really hard, it had this gigantic red Chinese symbol on it. Like, there's no way you could miss it. And here this guy is, he claims to be, like, a a specialist in analyzing documents for decades. Like, why are you using a telescope when it clearly has these gigantic Chinese symbols on it that I can see with uh, my, my eye right now, you know? ridiculous stuff um like it, it's almost laughable if it wasn't such a terrible situation you know like it, it's crazy um, so that was one um and that in that that dollar bill it's it's called chinese theater money if you look it up it's basically like monopoly money it's, it's money that people use and like movies and stuff, you know, where one side yeah. of it looks real, the other side of it looks fake. That's just, or like people might use it in music videos and stuff, but it was found like the storage unit that was also her, her ex-boyfriend's stuff was also in there and her children's stuff. So it was like multiple. And I think even her roommates, some of her roommates stuff was in there. So the stuff in there was not even all hers and it's like play money it wasn't anything that is illegal basically is what i'm getting at so i felt like that was dramatized for to be to look like something that it wasn't which that only hurts the case like Mm -hmm. that doesn't i agree yeah i mean not to mention and what if it put us in danger because here they are talking about something that isn't even true with the cartel and everything like that could be really serious and the cartel is real that's another thing people think that it's all make believe but it's not fortunately um another thing that they did was okay so the way dad and I handle Andrea missing is we we feel like everyone has a role in it you know like we like my role is to raise awareness if I find any information I give it to the police because I can't arrest people obviously you know I can't interrogate someone that's not that's not my role in this you know and the same is true for like the producers of that show their their role is to raise awareness they're not gonna in my opinion they're not going to be able to solve this um it's going to take the police or some private investigators to figure out what happened because they have the authority they have the tools so joe Fancioli, he's a retired homicide detective He claimed, he told me and dad that he would look for Andrea until she was found. And, and he, it was another situation where we, we saw like, you know, this might be the only chance that we have to find her. So glimmer of hope. Yeah. So there's certain things that, that I tell, that I say, like us talking right now, everything I'm telling you is in order to raise awareness. I'm talking to a police officer. I tell them everything. I tell them things Sensitive information, you know, phone numbers of anybody, first and last names of everybody who I think possibly have done something wrong. I tell them absolutely everything, you know. Obviously, I'm not going to say that here because that would give it give away things where they could get away with it. Anyways, yeah. we treated Joe Fancioli like the police because he said that he was going to investigate and that we could trust him, and he recorded everything that we said. And I trusted him. I knew that he was recording me, but I trusted him to use that only for investigating and not for exploiting my family for attention. Unfortunately, he he chose to say absolutely everything that my dad and I told him on or international TV. And he did that. What he did was he pretended like he investigated and figured it out on his own when in reality it's all stuff that we literally told him and he played it off like we were secretive and he some i don't know how he thinks how anybody thinks that he figured out stuff you know like it's not like he's psychic or something and i guess they think his interviewing skills were so great that he managed to pull information out of our minds that, that we didn't want to share i don't know what he's people are thinking but yeah basically everything that he, you know, quote unquote, discovered it was stuff that we told him in confidence. All stuff that the police already know about, that the public just did not know about. So he he played it off like we were these, we were all secretive. He basically he he made it seem like Andrea was like this shape shifting chameleon type person that can change who she is based on who she's around. So some of her friends are dangerous cartel people. Some of them are normal people like just very judgmental I guess you know yeah Um, and it made me angry and I've had people say like well why would you get mad at them for saying that she's street smart because that's another thing they would say like her street smarts helped her find missing people well she didn't find any missing people to my knowledge you know she was just doing the same kind of thing we're doing right now raising awareness right you know Stuff like you know, you try to, you do you do the best you can, but it wasn't like she had some kind of superpower that the police didn't have. But anyways, Andrea was not street smart. It just made me mad that they were misrepresenting her. I mean, someone that is getting taken advantage of left and right is a victim. You right. Know?
1: Exactly. I appreciate you coming on and I'll definitely join that. Your um Andrea's Angels group. And I'll post it in here too. So if anyone wants to that's listening, you're more than welcome to join it. Um, Just I always like to try to
0: end it on um, a call to action, how people can help if they want to. Um, We have a lot of different ways that you can help. Um, I'm now raising awareness for Andrea on most platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So whichever one you use, please just share missing posters for me. Um, You can follow any of my accounts. If you're wanting to be more involved, you can join Andrea's angels, um, for brainstorming ideas on how to find her and how to raise awareness. We also have t-shirts. Um, I'm wearing one of them right now. They have different styles. There's long sleeves and short sleeves. If you go to bonfire.com and search Andrea Canable, you can, you can order a t-shirt to help raise them. Those really help a lot. Um, if you're local, we, we do have po- missing posters that I laminate and the youngest members at, um, of Andrea's Angels also, they my, the kids enjoy laminating. So we we have hundreds of posters now laminated thanks to all the volunteers that have helped helped me with this. They <laughs> can oh. say hi to each other. <laughs> um, this is Luna. She's, she's an angel oh. too. She's my emotional support animal. <laughs> um but yeah, she's been very helpful through all this. Um, she's the reason why I'm able to use my back door again. You know, she, she's very, very healing, okay. you know. Um, but anyways, we also have a GoFundMe if anyone is wanting to help in that way. I use most of the GoFundMe money posters and laminating sheets. I've bought new laminators. Um, I'm wanting to buy a bulk amount of t-shirts that I can start giving away to people just to help get get Andrea's name out there more. Um, we're planning on also getting a one eight hundred number, like an anonymous okay. tip line. Our PI is no longer um, able to help. We're wanting to get that set up, um, and that's that would be something we would use the, the GoFundMe for.
1: We can actually do that pretty easily if you want to do it with like um, even a a Google phone number. And then if people wanted to either text or call in, then they could just leave an anonymous voicemail or or anything. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much. Um, I'm not really great with
0: with that type of thing. So if you're um, able to give me some tips on how to get all that set up, I would love to to hear about that for sure. Thank you so much.
1: You (laughs) bet.